Before we get started with what I can only assume is an episode of Restless Filled with Audible Gold, I need to remind you that this is the season to buy. And what better to buy than a Restless book? We've got two books available if you haven't bought them already. First up is The Deacon of God, now for the first time available in a paperback edition. In this book, Matt and I compiled what historical reform confessions had to say about the civil government, and we tried to provide some study questions as helpful guides for you as you read them. Secondly, you can still get my book 77 times, Reflections on Forgiveness. Both of these are available if you go to therestlesspodcast.com, or if you prefer, you can just go straight to Amazon and search for either. Now let's get back to the podcast. Pastor Michael, on the eighth day of Restless, we are going to do something a little bit out of what we've been doing. And so hopefully okay. it's a nice change of pace for everyone. Um, the what magazine? Um, a The church history, uh, church history magazine put out of the t- a list of the top 25 most influential books in church history. So I figured we could go through the list uh, and first say if we'd read the book and then uh you know like if you uh agree with its place on the list uh give it a yay if you don't think it was if you don't agree with it give it a nay you know and, and you can nuance it if you want so should we start we should go 25 to 1 right so we can get you know that's how you do these top lists yeah right? let's do it all right i will say uh one of the comments this has got a lot of comments on twitter one of the big comments was that this did not put in enough theologians from the east so There Mm. was already that criticism given. So number 25, Martin Luther's lecture on Romans. Pastor Michael, I have not read any of this. Okay. Well, I have read, um, having just preached through Romans recently, I did actually um, read uh, significant portions of this. I didn't read the whole thing. I ended up kind of... uh, not using it toward the end of our series, but I'd say the first, you know, half of the, of his lectures I read and how, and uh, it was fine. I mean, if I'm honest, it just was pretty basic run of the mill at this point, but probably because it's been so influential in many ways that uh, it didn't seem like, like it seemed pretty, um, pretty uh, basic stuff. All right. Let's uh, then let's go to 24. This is Pope Gregory the First pastoral rule from circa 591. Pastor Michael, have you read this? I believe I have. I'm not positive on this. I believe I, I did read this for a class in seminary. I have not read it since, but I do believe I have. I, have. I, in fact, had it within my reach. All right, you did. He just pulled it down and showed me, so he's got it close. It is a phenomenal book and is was very influential and is still read at RTS as, a, as one of the required texts. I think it's a great yeah. book. Um, and if you haven't read it, be one to put on your list for this year. All right. 23 then coming in hot with religious affections by Jonathan Edwards. Pastor Michael, have you read this book? I have read it. Uh, we've discussed it a little bit. That's right. We, we have read it. Um, great book. It's hard to say how in, if it's been this yes. influential because it feels fairly new. This is what I'm thinking, too, even just scanning the list. Anything that. I'm seeing that's like, yeah, but it was written in the 1700s, you know, um, in the 20th century. I'm like, well, I mean, it's maybe been influential in a certain regard, but I don't know how you judge when we're talking about 
you know, the most influential books. I don't know that you can say that any of them could be within just a few hundred years. Right. I don't know. The great, right. He set the course for like uh, the activities of priests and pastors for a thousand years, basically. Yeah. And still is right. Like still is a part of that. So. So let's do this next one. And I will actually kind of make an opposite case for this next one for this reason. So this one is John Wesley's A Plain Count of Christian Perfection from 1777. Pastor Michael, have you read this John Wesley tome? So I don't believe I've actually read it. I do believe that I've read portions of it, right? Like in in compilations, right? Things that are working through um, different historical Christian texts. And so I believe I have in that regard or, you know, in other, in other theological works, but not the work itself, if I can remember right. So here's why I would say that maybe this one could fall on the list. I mean, this basically debatably spawned all Western Methodism and pietism, like that whole movement, um, which. And think what has come out of that then too, with Pentecostalism and charismaticism and all of that. And that's massive. And so, right, this kind of would, if I would include this one, it would be because I'm representing basically all of the like more modern streams of Protestantism come from this kind of thing. Whereas Religious Affections, while a great book, by the way, great book, uh, is is not, does not have that kind of a role, right? Hmm. So, 21, Irenaeus Against Heresies. I have not read it. Oh, really? I'm surprised by that. Um, I have read it and uh, was very, it was great, right? I mean, it was, it was helpful. I, you know. And while we don't have everything from the early church, from the, the, from the second century, uh, well, what we do have, obviously this was a, is one of the most massive and important works of that time. So the next number 20, we have the Westminster Confession from 1646. I think this does belong on the list because currently today it is the most used protestant confession on the face of the planet right so yep. that um so i would put that in a similar category and probably much more and so. give us a little more time and it'll be even more more that's so right. you know that's it's right. just going to keep going so you're going to find augustine on this list quite a few times and so here's his first uh um selection with augustine on the trinity so de trinitas from 400 to 428 have you read augustine's tome on the trinity I have not read the whole thing again. I And I feel I'm not trying to do a cop out where I'm like, well, I did read some. So I like I'm not trying to do that. I just I have read, you know, significant portions, but I've definitely not read the whole thing. Yeah, I haven't read it either. So there you go. I've read. A, I mean, I've read a few selections, but no, I have not read it. So the next one is also Augustine. Augustine on Christian teaching um, from an er, slightly earlier in his career. Have you read this one? That one I have not. No, I have not read this one. Wow. So this one feels can't like- comment on it. That's right. It does feel like given the amount of times Augustine is on here, uh, it is um, perhaps, perhaps too many. But anyways, all right, let's go on. So that we have the Divine Comedy by Dante at number 16. Pastor Michael, have you read the Divine Comedy? I've read it and I'm actually currently reading through it again. I just started okay. it within the last uh, month or so reading through it for a second time. So this and is it's fantastic in a lot of ways. I mean, and it has been massively influential, even just on the like the way that so many imagine certain things about the faith. Um, and so, I mean, it's it's definitely had its had its played its role. So, OK, so the next one we have is Karl Barth's Church Dogmatics. Have not read it. Not a 
not a massive Bart guy here myself. Um, past yeah, uh, maybe read portions of it again, but only as it's being commented on. I just can't. I guess where you could say that this has played a major role is in the rise of like Protestant liberalism, but I just don't. Man, here here's the problem with this being on the top 25 books. And here's maybe how I'm going to decide if I think this should be on the top 25 here. I even though I agree with I totally agree. And I was going to be like, yeah, it probably belongs here because of what it spawned. I'm thinking about like if in my Christian life, do I want to read this book? Because like, if this is the top 25 most influential books in Christian history, yeah, I should have a pretty good familiarity with it. Yep. And I have no interest in, in this. And so I just think that it's one of those things that it, it has played a role in the 20th century, obviously yeah. a very significant role, but I can't imagine that that role goes on that much longer. You know, like it just, I, it, it has a pretty short, life as far as i can tell but if you are a current church historian and theologian of some kind you probably like you probably do think this is massive right because it's it, yeah. it's very close to where we're at right now this is pro this list probably favors uh protestantism it does lot. it clearly does looking through it like the kinds of people that they asked almost definitely more Protestant, just looking at the the people who show up and where they show up. Because the next one we get is Martin Luther, The Freedom of the Christian, which is one of his more important works. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, we, we're going to get him again, you know, on this list. And I would actually say, if we're going to include one of Luther's commentaries, his commentary on Galatians is much more infamously his. Um, but again, that's uh, neither here nor there. Freedom of the Christian, I have read it. Great book. Um, I have not read it actually. So probably where Luther affirms the third use of the law. Don't, don't hurt me anybody. So next one, another <laughs> Lutheran theologian, a good book. Again, one that I'm not confident belongs on this list without a yes. doubt. This one is the cost of discipleship by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. It's a great head nod to give to this guy uh, who, but he's again, he's like downstream from, from Bart. And yeah, he's, Right. Yeah. Or, I mean, writing you or, know, yeah, the same. Uh, around a similar time, right? They're, yeah. they're swimming in the same streams, at least. And um, I have read it as well. It It is very popular and has done a lot within, like, certain Western evangelical groups, right. for sure. But I don't know how you would put that on a list of the top 25 most influential Christian books of all time. Yeah. So, I, yeah. So g given that the next one is the Benedictine rule from the 1540s. Oh, you and, skipped one. You skipped oh, number did. 12. Oh, no. Sorry, I did. Aha. Sorry, Anglicans. I skipped number 12. The Book of Common Prayer definitely belongs on the list. Yes. 100%. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I've read most of it. I've not read through the whole thing, yeah, um, but I have at different times used it just myself to read through. Yep. Big fan. So uh, that puts number 11 at the Bened Benedicts. Um, Pope Benedict or St. Benedict's rule from the fifth five forties. I've not read it. I have read it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> I don't, you know, there are parts of it that are really interesting. And obviously I do, I I could see how that, you know, plays a massive role, you know, in just the, the history of monasticism and um, it, that's a, you know, it's effect on both the, the you know medieval christian landscape as well as in modern days a lot of a lot of uh various things so i could see how that very much plays a role on this list 
So the top 10 here, by the way, they are, it is kind of banger after banger here. These are, these are, these are some good stuff here. So it's true. Thomas, Thomas Akempis, Imitation of Christ. I have read it. Yep. As have I. I've read it and... more than once. I think you could do a men's Bible study where you just took the chap, this chapters, quote unquote, they're, they're really short sections. I think you could just discuss this one page of thing and be pretty much edified. Um, yeah. You discussed it. Um, it yeah, is, I think so. It is the longest in print book, I believe, um, of course, mm-hmm. of the Bible. So next we get a absolute uh, an absolute champion book. Um, definitely should be higher than. Yes, that was that is my thought, too. Especially it should at least be number eight, given what number eight is. So at number nine, we have Athanasius on the incarnation. Great yep. book. Absolute. Yeah. Top. This is I've read this book. It is short. So, I mean, yep. this doesn't make me a a real G necessarily, but I have read this more than probably any other book outside of the Bible and uh, highly recommend it should be, I would put it much higher, but that's all right. If you haven't read this one, go ahead and read this one. Just do it now. Yep. So next one, this is one, this book should certainly be higher than, and probably a lot of these should be higher. I say certainly the imitation of Christ should be higher than this one. The book of common prayer should be higher than this one. But again, not that it's a bad book, but it is, c.s lewis's mere christianity but all three of those books below it imitation of christ on the incarnation common book of prayer uh should all be higher than it yeah probably augustine's book should be higher than it the divine comedy should be higher than it and again not because it's not currently very influential it very much is right i mean c.s lewis is a massive name right now um and not that it won't play some larger role in the future it's yep. just it's been out for 70 years. Right. Yeah, like it's just not that it's Lewis it, would want me to say this. He would not want me to engage. Yeah. Right. Chronological snobbery. He would be like, how am I possibly above Dante? Right. How am I like he would be so right. upset right now if That's he right. knew that you guys put his book above the Divine Comedy. <laughs> He'd be especially, so mad, especially when it's like, yeah, C.S. Lewis, do you know what was right above you? You almost got number seven which was given to the Nicene Creed. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> the uh, fact that they're allowing creeds on the list, right, as as a Christian book, yeah, like that goes up top. You know, like that's, there's yeah. not a single person, no, I, like when you think about, you know, you've got, you've got a gut, Augustine yeah. and Aquinas and Calvin and Luther, all, Bunyan, all these people that would say, why isn't the Nicene Creed the first one? That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, okay, number six is. I have read one. it, by the way. I have read it. I have it. read I it. Well. I've we said read it. Out it loud. Uh, yes, we say it out loud regularly at church. So, that's right. So, we have um, number six, again, one of the best selling books, uh, fiction books ever written, um, which is John Bunyan's Pilgrim Progress. Read it a long time ago. I have not read it in recent, uh, recently. Um, yeah, I've, I've read it and um, I have listened to it. My boys could quote this thing like crazy because they just like they listen to the pilgrims they've probably listened to it dozens of times like they seriously they love this thing um and i would definitely put it on the top 25 i don't know if i'd have it on number six uh but definitely i i think that has a fitting place certainly belongs on the list and probably given its its impact and popularity probably probably can make the top 10 yeah top 10 that makes sense to me yeah, number five, Martin Luther's 95 Theses. Um, again, Be, like, Beating out the Nicene Creed. 
That's interesting. Right. Yeah, probably shouldn't. Probably not. Like, if we're gonna say the benchmark is the Nicene Creed, we'd be like, we'd be naying all. <laughs> I've read this. Um, is it's not a book. Um, no, right. We've already established. We've kind of given up the book idea. Um, as far as Christian documents that have been produced in church history, yes, probably one of the most yeah. influential ones. Uh, yeah, should definitely be on the list somewhere. Uh, but again, I would say Luther probably says Nicene Creed probably can go over the 95 theses which he later <laughs> changed his view it just makes it weird when you see the list like this if you just were given it without the like numbered list right when it says top 25 inches that no order right there's no order just here's a list of 25 of them it'd be like okay i could see this being on the list right and number four we have augustine city of god read it um I Probably. Yeah, I've read it. Very helpful. Great. Loved it. And uh, definitely should be here, right? Definitely should be in on, on the list. Um, and definitely even, I would say, should be for sure top 10, top yeah. five. That makes sense to me. So here comes the based reformed guy move. Ca John Calvin comes in at number three with the Institutes of the Christian Religion. Yeah. So John Calvin is uh, coming in over City of God. <laughs> over... <laughs> Over I the know. 19 creed. I mean, we'll take the win. We'll take, take the, w. the W. So this yes. is the deal, though. It definitely shouldn't be there. I've read a large portion of this. I have not read the whole thing. Have you read all the institutes? I have. Um, this, you know, of course, I'm here to defend. I'm here to stand for John Calvin. Number three, I'll take it. Number three in all church history, baby. Uh, <laughs> number two, I have to feel a little less reform guy based because number two is the Summa Theologica by Thomas. Aquinas. Um, so Pastor Michael, other than that, like every uh private Christian high school uh in the Midwest is named after this guy. Uh, do you think this one belongs at number two? And have you read it? I've not read it. Um, again, something I've read portions of, but I I mean to read the whole thing is difficult. And I and I've not given it the night. Yeah, it's a million pages long. I've yeah. Uh so yeah, it I think it should be on the list for sure. For sure, top 25. Also, by the way, I know I'm not supposed to as a reform guy right now on the internet, or maybe I am. I know there's two different camps, right? Aquinas good, Aquinas oh, I can't bad. Wait to find out where what camp you're in. I'm excited. I definitely appreciate Aquinas from all that I've read. Uh, really uh, enjoy him. I've been reading a uh, short, very short, small commentary that he has on the Apostles' Creed, and it's been great. Um, even just the way he communicates is great. I read. I read these guys who wrote, you know, they're like the biggest names in theological history who wrote before the modern era, and they just fill their writing. That's deeply theological. Like it's it's very like what we, we might call academic even, and they fill it with just very beautiful illustrations from nature that even a child could understand. And I think these guys got something like they could communicate in a way that people are still talking about it and writing about it on a highly academic level. And at the same time, I'm pretty positive. I could give their analogies um, about, you know, the faith or about the, you know, about the, the, you know, uh, truths were taught in scripture and like they would, my kids would get it. Like that's, that's great. Yeah. 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 So uh, if you really hated that take by him, just remember, I am a John Calvin stan. And <laughs> as am I, I don't, <laughs> I didn't take Aquinas over Calvin, just to be clear. I'm taking, well, we, we heard you, we heard you. <laughs> so 
Um, but the, don't worry, there's a large group of people who are with you on that. So number one, uh, Augustine's Confessions from 398. Uh, now, again, if the Nicene Creed weren't on here, I'd say this This is, but again, with City of God on here, I mean, I, know, I think City of God goes above. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know modernly, like we like the Confessions more. Right. Um, and again, but as far as like what has been most influential, yeah, it's it has to be City of God. It probably has to be City of God. Now, again, if you want to say like this kind of invented autobiography, which it did, yeah, really interesting. It's, I mean, it, yeah, but I, it, I don't think like the conversations of the City of God, the Kingdom of God, like this is the seedbed of discussions of two kingdoms. This is the seedbed of their relationship of the church and state this is the it's a seabed of something like it is a conversation that continues right and not that there's not stuff like that in confessions again but uh it is not i don't think it it quite i think makes it i think the confessions i mean i mean i think the city of god so so displays the like um augustine and i know i'm pronouncing that in the way people tell me not to uh, the like the way he speaks of these things and you see the ways Roman Catholics claim him and Protestants claim him. And they all are coming in this thick book, but, but, uh, but, but certainly there's so much there theologically that even just on length, the influence, right. And even just the moment he was writing it in, right. Like he's writing it as he's, as everyone is in, in, in shambles as Rome falls, which they thought was the eternal city that was now Christian and they don't know what's going to happen. And he writes this, you know, this this magnificent book to answer that question. And so I think it's hard. I think it's, again, modernly, people like confessions more. You know, he certainly feels more contemporary in that book. But yeah, overall, a good list, a good list of books to generally read about. Um, you know, I think... If you took without every- seeing others that like I might see and be like, oh, yeah, why isn't that on the list? Right. Just seeing this in front of me, I'd be like, yeah, a good portion of these deserve to be there. Yeah. Lombard sentences. I'm just going down to see if uh, if there's anything. What other people say. Yeah. Um, someone put the Book of Concord, which, again, given that we got a number of like things like religious affections, you know, the entire Lutheran confessional set probably would have more of a place there you know we get a lot of this is a very western um yeah you don't get greg of nisa or saint basil from the east even though they're obviously influential yeah i was actually shocked to see none of none of their work there no hymn books yeah um it's a good call but that is interesting yeah no hymn books this person you know this person is unhappy because there's no women so I'd like to challenge all the women to step it up and write something <laughs> that, will, that will be this influential on church history. So um, anyways, also no evangelicals. So get get going, guys. So anyways, Pastor Michael, I just thought that was a nice divergence here on the 12th. That was fun. We Merry Christmas still. Happy uh, New Mer- Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. And hope hopefully that was enjoyable. The 12 Days of Restless carry on tomorrow. Hey, would you rate and review this show if you haven't yet? It'd be a huge help to us. And again, remember, the 12 Days of Restless 
is intended for reformed audiences, so listener discretion is advised.